Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest is a keynote speaker and transformation coach for small to medium-sized businesses. He asserts the key to sustainable business success is a balance of results and relationships. He helps companies grow their business, eliminate barriers that keep them stuck, shift their thinking, and increase their profits. He blends productivity, quality improvement, personal development, and masterful communication skills to exponentially increase his clients' positive contributions. If you're looking for more freedom, passion, and connection in your life and business, then he would love to help you. The title of this episode is Raise Your Stakes. Please join me in welcoming Brian Buck to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Please describe yourself. Yeah, so I I have been in the corporate world, primarily in healthcare, for a dozen years, uh, leading improvements and leading teams. I often like to joke and call myself a lazy high performer. I got a lot done with trying to do very little effort. And so I was able to go from being the one that does the improvements to now working with leaders and teams on how they can do improvements. And I've got a great opportunity to work with entry-level teams from, you know, like the people who environmental services, who clean in the hotel and the, in the hospital, all the way up to man executives uh, in healthcare and all of the stuff in between. So it's been really fun. And then a few years ago, I had a transformational moment at a Pearl Jam concert and it was uh, changed my life. And it's when I recognized I wanted to have a greater impact than the 200 people uh, who were part of my, uh, my group as a, as a leader. And uh, uh, so that got me into uh, how can I increase my ability to coach and serve and consult uh, to help people all over the world in really taking this unique blend of what I have done in healthcare. In healthcare, I do a thing called my expertise is in the Lean or Six Sigma or the Toyota production system. Mm-hmm. And with that, there are what they would call at Toyota two pillars. There's the pillar of continuous improvement, which is the science, which is the techniques, and it's kind of the, the interventions. But then there's a pillar of equal importance, which is called respect for people. Mm-hmm. And 
to me, it's the head and heart of improvement. If you just stick with the head, you can have all of the most amazing improvements and processes. But if you don't have the respect for people aspect, it's all going to become undone and it's not going to stick. And, and what's fascinating is at the heart of the scientific element of improvement is what's called as plan, do, check, act. Do you know what your gap is? Do you know what you want to do? And do you have a hypothesis on what you're going to do? And then do you do it? And then how well do you measure if you do it? And then how do you adjust based off of that? I had a eureka moment when I was doing this work in healthcare. This is right before my Pearl Jam moment. And uh, I found my old Tony Robbins Awaken the Giant Within book. And I was flipping through. It's kind of fun to go through old books and see what you highlighted. And in there, uh, what I highlight is what he called as the ultimate success formula. And it says, know where you want to go. Take massive action. Look where you're at and adjust. I'm like, I've been passionate about this ultimate success formula, this plan to check act uh for many years and i just never realized they were the same thing so that's the fun that i bring to my clients is and i learned this through one of my certification courses is i consult the business but i coach the person Mm -hmm. because what helps individuals be successful is also what will help businesses be successful but you have to merge those two so you're really talking about the balance between results and relationships. Correct. Yeah. And, and that is one of the key pieces that I really come in and assess is especially when I'm coaching and supporting leaders, whether they're in a corporate environment or the entrepreneurs that I have worked with, some people who have a lot of strengths in one or the other, they're really good with relationships, they're charismatic, everyone loves them but they're not getting the results needed to sustain their business or the vice versa is they're really good at getting results, but they have high turnover. They're not getting any loyalty. It's not helping their customers because all documentation and studies have shown happy employees equals happy customers equals more profits. And so, especially for the entrepreneurs, that oftentimes are like the creators. They're Mm -hmm. kind of in that technical making. And so helping them, I can't remember who coined this phrase. I learned it from Russell Brunson, but that Mm -hmm. who, not how, that means so often entrepreneurs try to do it all themselves instead of getting the who that can help them. So you can't scale when it's by yourself. And so that is where those relationship pieces come in. And it's not just does everyone feel good, but relationships are about influence. It's about inspiring. It's about negotiating. All of those kinds of things are core key skills to be able to help with whatever you're doing technically to serve your customers. And that's where I I like to come in there and and ensure we're running a balance on both. Now, you brushed on core values but I'm going to dive, I want you to dive deeper into that core values for both the leaders and also for the people who report to the leaders. What can you say about core values? Yeah, they are critical. One of the things that I found fascinating on my journey, I wish I can remember the name of the author, 
but the book is called 4DM Marketing. And in that book, he was talking about the importance of understanding your core values. And, and of course, small businesses, large businesses, every website usually has the list of values. And what I have always interpreted that initially in my coaching and consulting is how do we treat each other internally? It's almost kind of like a, a written agreement, like we're going to treat each other with respect. We are going to be innovative. We are going to work on justice together. But the origin of all of these core values started off as a marketing effort. It was more about what your customers should experience in working with your company. And so I think that has been some of the work that I've done is do you treat your employees and team members the same as you do as customers? Because sometimes there's a disconnect, you know, like, like right. this is how we're supposed to treat customers, but then we're at war doing competition mm -hmm. or we have lack of clarity within our own system. And the thing is, is if you don't have that consistency in your behaviors matching your values, it's going to affect the customers because right. it won't translate, uh, you know, because people often treat others as they are treated. And mm -hmm. so it, it is so important from a leader and a team perspective to be consciously thinking about what behaviors we are doing and does it align to our values. I'm a huge proponent. I don't know where this concept came from, but it's your attitude is contagious. And so are we being purposeful in what we're infecting others with? Are we infecting each other with respect and positivity? Or are we infecting each other? And, you know, like you can feel when someone distrusts you. You can feel when someone thinks they're above you or below you. And so it is really important that we are conscious about what we really believe about the others around us and how that affects that, because it will show up in how your customers feel. Brian, oh, sorry. what about your core values? I, I probably need to re-look through my list of core values, but the ones that come up frequently for me are actually very much in alignment to how Toyota really broke out what respect for people means. I did a really interesting research project on it and I found so many of these things. Uh, I think why that resonates so much with me because they are my values. And the number mm -hmm. one is self-responsibility. We never feel like a victim when we take responsibility for everything. Mm -hmm. We only improve the things we take responsibility towards what we want to improve. You know, the minute we think it's someone else's problem, someone else did this to me, then your sphere of influence seems smaller. And so self-responsibility right. is a huge value for me. Trust is important to me. Um, and I consciously work with myself and teams on always assessing where we are in trust. Because when there's lack of trust, it usually creates more waste and drama. Right. And, and so 
really recognizing what does it take to restore trust, get back to trust? Respect is huge. Um, and then I think, and those are the ones that I talk through a lot. And then I would say my other values, fun keeps coming to place or joy. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. if we don't have fun or joy for me, that has to be there. And with that, I'm also going to say, I want to say innovation because the difference between improvement and innovation is improvement is you're making something that exists better, where innovation is really about solving a similar problem in a new way, not Mm -hmm. in an improved way. And the reason why I'm kind of like, do I want innovation? Because I think one of my strengths and the value that I bring for many people is I can really help people reframe things in new ways they've never thought Mm -hmm. of. So I think it's that the value of reframing and, and approaching truth from another angle leads to innovation and whether or not it's your product, but innovative thinking, you know, are we being expansive uh, and are we being about possibilities and, and helping people really see things in ways that open up doors instead of shutting mm-hmm. doors. So whatever that name is, that's sure. the value. And then how does your faith connect with this and your core values? Uh, I'm a Christian and Mm -hmm. through lots of work and thinking about what my mission is. And to me, I think mission is very similar to the core value question, Mm -hmm. but I really brought it down to my ultimate goal is to increase the behaviors of love for others and themselves. Because, you know, when Jesus came back, he said, Yeah, there's 10 commandments, but it comes down to two. Love Mm -hmm. God, love others as you love yourself. Like, okay, well, I'm not a minister. So I'm believing that if I can help the behaviors of love Mm -hmm. for others and self will help people then see, you know, what his role is. And as a coach and consultant, fear, whether or not we know to call it or not, is the opposite of love. And fear is what holds businesses and people back tremendously. It causes strife mm-hmm. and drama, and it's not healing, it divides. And so really the best businesses or helping people live their dreams is mm-hmm. a loving journey and it's not a fear journey. And so that's how I really see what I do. Uh, totally aligns with my faith and mm-hmm. uh, and my mission. What else would be helpful for us to know about who you are? Well, I'm a giant geek and I can talk your ear off about Star Wars specifically. Uh, I love all of the movies, although the classic trilogy is uh, my real passion mm-hmm. and not the biggest fan of the sequels or the Disney era, but Mm-hmm. I also like to find things that I can like instead of finding things that I don't like about it. Uh-huh. So uh, I will talk your ear off if you even give a centimeter of interest <laughs> about that. So. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. What obstacles have you overcome to get to where you are? The biggest obstacles, I'm thinking of two, and they're probably related, but I think it is uh, the obstacle of being comfortable. And what I mean by that is 
when you think of people who have made great success, there's a hunger. And that hunger often comes from desperate times, means I've got to do this or it's all gone. But for my experience, when I've got a nice house, a nice family, I didn't have the hunger besides a dream. And so I had to manufacture the urgency to be able to make my dream happen, to actually get to a new level of fulfillment and meaning because my good enough was good enough, but it wasn't great enough. It wasn't juicy enough. And and so I think just getting over that piece has been a, a huge win. And the other obstacle was dabbling. So often I would have ideas and I keep starting new ideas. I was a strong starter, but I wasn't a strong finisher. And I would take course after course after course thinking, oh, I need to learn this thing or I need to learn this. But all those were doing was diverting my attention instead of playing the long game and having the stamina to keep going. And so when I made the decision to only purchase courses that made sense towards where I'm trying to achieve, that was huge for me because while they would be good and interesting and might help me down the road, if they didn't fulfill where I'm going intentionally, I said no. So the power of no to yourself for things that are good, you know, like you can always justify, oh, I should do that. But if you go, but is it going to ultimately get me where I want to go in the next two years? No. And don't look back. So I think we're diving deeper into raise your stakes. Let's talk about what you mean by that. Yeah, it was something that I recently did an interesting course with Lisa Nichols. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't the what she was talking about, but it just really resonated with me. And she was saying, you know, by doing this course, what are the stakes involved? And that made me start to reflect on in my life, what stakes am I playing? Am I playing safe bets or am I placing big bets and playing a bigger game? And that reminded me of a time in the United States We have this city called Las Vegas where you can always gamble. I'm not much of a gambler, but I remember the first time I went there and it was at the roulette table where you could either bet on a specific number or you can bet even or odds or red and black. And I had 20 bucks and I noticed a pattern. It would go red, 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 black, and then red. And then basically every time it went black, it would go right to red. So it would do a lot of reds, black once, right to red. And so over four hours, I got up to 450 bucks. And, you know, I used to always keep like a little bit and only bet part of it. And then I went, okay, I got a pattern, free drinks four hours later in the middle of the night. I went, (laughs) let's go for it. It went red, 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 black. I put all 450 on there. And then it went black, black, and I lost it all. Oh. But what that made me think about is what are the stakes? How much did I really lose? Mm-hmm. You, can e- you can easily say I lost 900 bucks because 
when you do that, you get the same amount. So it, it right. basically doubles. Either I lost 900 bucks or I lost 450. But in mm -hmm. actuality, I really only lost 20. And the perception of what I lost or what the stake just made me think about, and when I think about it in terms of my business or my coaching, is I find I'm serving my clients better, the bolder that I am in mm -hmm. asking them the questions that might make them fidget, but then right. gives them the insight that helps them play a bigger game. So to me, that's that piece of stakes and uh, mm -hmm. Just really recognizing, you know, what we put into things is what we get out of it and uh, and seeing how often clients or myself might be playing it too safe. And, you know, they've got big dreams and big possibilities they're pursuing. And yes, baby steps are important, but are we doing baby steps because we fear whatever those stakes are that might be lost by taking more frequent baby steps. Can you share a story about either where you or one of the people you're working with increased their stake? Yeah, it was a person who they had a team that was completely at each other's throats. There was no trust in the team. And the leaders had so many things in their backlog. They had projects that were two years old that were unfinished. And every time I spoke with them, most of their conversations were around how they don't have time. And I know like this one person went to another person and spent an hour and a half to tell them they don't have time. And I had to, with tough love, tell them their excuses about time is exactly why they're having problems with their team and mm -hmm. finishing their things. And to me that it was when I was in a corporate world, mm -hmm. could have ticked off the wrong people and uh, could have had someone say, this guy is just being too bold, but mm -hmm. it helped them realize, you know what? I get love and attention by playing the victim about mm -hmm. time. And I wasn't owning the ability to say, I'm choosing this. And, and that was kind of some follow-up coaching with this person is mm -hmm. whenever someone tells you, I don't have time, it just means they're prioritizing something else because yeah. we all have the same amount of time right? and really helping with it. So that was a time that I raised the stakes in being bold that mm -hmm. then helped them realize what they were hiding behind in sure. their excuses to help them go farther. Sure. What additional tips can you share to help businesses grow and thrive? The number one, and I share this all the time, is do you want to know how to win any argument in a boardroom? And the way that you, you can win any argument in the boardroom, and this is mm -hmm. mostly talking about like the smaller businesses or the larger businesses that, you know, have more than three employees, but the mm -hmm. same thing goes directly with a solopreneur. But in a boardroom, you'll have people say, well, I think we should do this. Another person says, well, I think we should do this. And my title says you should listen to that. Another person says, no, my title and my experience says we need to do this. And then I raised my hand and I said, well, here's what I, here's what the customers told me last week. 
and this is what we should do. And so the secret to all businesses' success is how often are you listening to and talking to your customers or potential customers? And similarly, you know, I work with some other coaches and I remember one person saying, you know, it's really important for them to create a legacy Mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that's their legacy. What we really need to be in the business of is helping our clients have a legacy that then becomes our legacy. Whenever our businesses are about us and what we want, or, you know, you think about creating a program that you think other people want, and then it fizzles. That's because you have never crafted around what people actually want. The most successful people in the world help other people get what they want. And so the better you understand what they want and you respond to what they want, then people are like, thank you. I mean, there's no sales involved. You told me you want this. I made it available for you. You know, a little bit of back and forth, and then you help them buy. That is the secret to all success and growth for a business. Can you share a story that illustrates what you're just talking about? It was, this was in my corporate world, and I used to manage a nutrition program. And in that program, we kind of went through some changes where, you know, we wanted to model healthy eating and everything, you know, didn't have fats or sugars. And the thing is, is that was what we wanted. But when people are in the hospital, they often want comfort food. And so by hearing the number one thing most people wanted was chicken strips. And so to be able to use that survey data And to even show what that meant for ultimate patient satisfaction, Mm -hmm. I was able to work with the leadership team to be able to make that change. So Mm -hmm. that way we can be able to start offering that again. So, yeah, so I, I think that's that opportunity. Like once you can be able to show this is what people are asking for and how it might tie into other key performance Mm -hmm. index uh, indications, then that helps. Uh, You talk about overcoming obstacles. Tell us more about that. Types of obstacles. There's so many obstacles. And I'll maybe talk about it from a client's perspective, because it was a it was an interesting moment for me where I had to learn on the spot how to help. And uh, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that he teaches frequently, I have seen as truth in almost all of my experiences. And that is all success is 80% psychology and 20% strategy. And I worked with an entrepreneur who had a great program that people were responding well to, but this person wasn't really promoting and doing it. And, and we were looking at, is it in your marketing? Is it in how well you understand what people want? But mm-hmm. what it actually was, was a fear of success. Mm-hmm. They did not want to put themselves at more at risk mm-hmm. by expanding and offering more, because if it failed, you fail bigger. Right. 
And once again, that kind of brings us back to the stakes. Sure. You know, is once you reach a certain level of success, the next level of success often puts that success at risk. And that was a pretty big moment for then saying, well, what do we want to do about that? You know, and that goes into, yes, these risks exist. I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. And Mm -hmm. one of the things Tim Ferriss talks about that I steal shamelessly is he talks about a dice with six sides. Mm -hmm. And let's say if you roll a one, you're going to lose a million dollars. But if you roll a two through five, you're going to earn $10,000. But if you roll a six, you're going to make $10 million. So often we stop ourselves for that one in six chance that we will lose, that we completely discount, that we have more Mm -hmm. opportunities to win. And there are lots of things that you Mm -hmm. can do that says, hey, if you do lose that million dollars, one, mm-hmm. how can we mitigate that risk to make that less of a chance? How do you know? How do we make sure. it so we're going to roll the other ones more often? Or two, if you do lose it, what are the possibilities yeah. that you can recover? Because you already created this level of success, you could probably get there again. Or what would mm-hmm. that support look like? And so that was a way to recognize, you know, how I was able to help this person. Sure. Go farther with it. So you're leading to my next question. What's next for you, Brian? Yeah. So what's next for me is I am actually going to be making a shift in who I serve. I still love the businesses and I'm still doing a lot of that. But I started to realize in my business, since I'm the CEO, president, owner, I get to work with whoever the heck I want to work with. And so mm-hmm. I'm actually going to make a shift to only work with fellow geeks. I want to hang out with other Star Wars nerds who can talk about the latest Marvel movies. Oh, uh-huh. and let's also talk about some great transformation while you're at it. So I actually want to create a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm working currently on what my offer is with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely some business, but this gets into a little bit of life stuff and kind of where I'm at and I need to flesh it out as I'm thinking about is, helping people become real life superheroes. What does it mean to be a superhero dad? What does it mean to be a superhero at work? How do we live a life of adventure, boldness and service and really helping people with that? So I'm really excited about really creating a community and content uh, around that where I just get to talk freely about very minute things that certain people will find cool and interesting and, and hang out with people like that. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. What about how can people stay connected with you? Best places is you can go to brianbuck.org or go to Coach Brian Buck on Instagram. And you can also mm-hmm. find me on Facebook as well. And LinkedIn. LinkedIn's also another good place. And that's all Brian Buck and all of those. But you go to brianbuck.org, that's a good place. And I'll put contact information in the show notes to make it easy to find you. Thank you. There's probably somebody listening right now that really resonates with what you're saying, Brian. How can they learn more from you? I would go to brianbuck.org and then just shoot me a a message in there. And then I will follow up and then just kind of see, hey, do you want to talk geeky Star Wars stuff? Let's go for it. (laughs) Or 
do you have a dream or something like you're kind of thinking it keeps coming up? Maybe I should do something about it. And let's talk about what that looks like because everything is incredibly possible. Thank you, Brian. W would you like to close with a benevolent call to action that you want to invite people that are listening to take? Absolutely. This one I always love to end with, and that is right now, I want you to write down a piece of good advice that you have heard or been given to you, or maybe you've read that you believe would greatly help you. And I want you to take a piece of action on that. So often we go, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And what I find as a coach is many people know what they want to do. They're just mm -hmm. not doing it. And yes. so my benevolent call to action is just do one thing towards it. Cause that's going to start the momentum to be able to yes. get where you're wanting to go. And, yes. and you'll be so proud of yourself and so happy of yourself for finally doing it and realizing that the stakes really are a $20 mm -hmm. bet and that you do it and the stakes seem less and less the more you do it and you go for it. Excellent call to action. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. And thank you for being a guest on Embers and Wind. And also thank you for joining us for this conversation. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.